0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped. You're here today hanging out with us in Insurance Town. I've got a good friend of mine, someone I grew up watching on TV, someone who a lot of our Arkansans grew up watching on TV, Christina Munoz Madsen, uh, news anchor for many, many years, uh, trusted news anchor, wonderful person, I wanted to bring her on just because I noticed uh, some some trends and some things that she's been doing on social media. She had a TikTok video go viral, and as you guys have been following the show, TikTok's my new jam now. So um, I wanted to pick her brain about a few things and just talk to her about tonality, about sales, about uh, all kinds of things. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Before we get into it, I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Agency Performance Partners. Uh, Kelly and her team do a fantastic job helping agencies uh, and producers and account managers just like you solve some of the industry's biggest problems. And uh, they want to help you. And if uh, if you've got uh, your team telling you they're too busy or if you've got them uh, all running in 15 different directions on their sales processes... Or you don't have a proactive plan for retention, things of that nature, these issues are, are making you squirm a little bit right now. You might reach out to them, go to agencyperformancepartners.com. Uh, check it out, tell them the mayor sent you. Also, my friends over at Coverdesk. Cover Desk is your premier solution for virtual assistants. You could have one, two, three, four, five virtual assistants, or you could have a whole team. To help you with special projects, whether it's a book roll or handling, uh, you know, if you're in a coastal area, maybe you lost a uh, a carrier. Maybe you need to do uh, some changes there. Maybe you need to hire a team to help you move that book. Be a great opportunity to look at CoverDesk. If you're looking to add more employees uh, and you want a good option there, uh, look no further than CoverDesk. Uh, great opportunity. He works uh, so hard to keep them educated, keep them uh are understanding our language, our uh, our industry, CoverDesk.com. Please uh, check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, for today's episode, I can't wait for you to check it out. Please do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Christina Munoz-Madsen. Christina Munoz-Madsen. I got it wow. right. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I was really afraid I'd get tripped up on that, but <laughs> you
1: got it just fine.
0: Oh man, I gotta say though, I'm kind of fanboying out here because from like, I feel like all of my 20s, I watched you on TV. <laughs>
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: It <laughs> is because if I'm not mistaken, like all through college, you were there from like 2001 or two. Uh
1: 2003. I came here okay. from Minnesota.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was. Just graduating college. So yeah, all of my 20s, I watched you on TV.
1: Oh my goodness, it so, is
0: so crazy. Yeah, good old Channel 7, right? So,
1: A-TV Circle 7.
0: <laughs> that's right. So it's crazy. So for those of you listening in insurance, like who is Christina Munoz? I don't know who the, this is. She was on TV as a news anchor. Yep. And I'll tell you where I really... I want you to be able to tell a little bit of, to my audience about who you are and maybe okay. they'll understand why I brought you on here. So if you could take a walk down memory lane for me real quick and tell me in the audience, I don't care how far back you go and then bring okay. me up to where you are now.
1: Okay. So I talk fast and I talk a lot because I talk for a living, but yes, born and raised in South Dakota. So a small town named Yankton. And uh, my dad was a violinist. My mom was from Chile in South America. They met there when he was in the Peace Corps, moved to his home in South Dakota. So go to school at the University of Minnesota. I was a musical theater degree first and performed professionally in Minneapolis for four years. And I always say one of the main reasons I got out was because I did a show in a professional theater when I was 19 years old. I got in, it was called Can Can. Can. Hassan Dinner Theater, and we did, we counted one time, we did 98 kicks a show, eight shows a week, 302 performances of the same show, and I went, I don't want to do this the rest of my life, like I thought this was my dream, and performed for four years, I had done radio in Yankton, at a station that where Tom Brokaw started, he's from Yankton, South Dakota, my sister now owns that radio station, she went into radio and ownership, And I switched my degree to broadcast journalism, kept performing. And when I graduated, I had to make a decision. um, And I chose as little as broadcast journalism pays. It is more than theater, actually. And so chose broadcast journalism, moved to Duluth, Minnesota as a reporter at KDLH and um, moved here in 2003, planned to be here two years at the very most. And that was 19 years ago. So once I got here as a reporter, Um, The industry was changing already. In 2008, we laid off 24 people. Um, I always say, think about TV stations when they first started. You got three channels, four if your antenna was working really well. All that revenue is split between three or four channels. Well, how many channels do you have now? I don't know, 500? I have no idea. And so all that revenue has been split over the decades, over the years. And so TV stations were making less money and there were cuts all across the board. And I thought I could go move to a bigger city and be the new girl somewhere, but who's gonna be let go in the next round of cuts? The new girl or someone who's been here a while. I'd already been here for a few years. They were letting me anchor. I knew I wanted to anchor Uh, long-term. I like storytelling. I like reporting, uh, but I didn't want to ever be pregnant chasing police officers or mayor or it's not very family conducive. So I knew I wanted to go into that anchor chair. So once they let me anchor, it was a good job. It was um, steady. And I became kind of recognized here and, and known more here in Arkansas. Hated that my family was far away. They're all in South Dakota but me. But we made it home. We bought a house. We had two kids. That's when everything changed it was okay when they were babies I got to be home in the mornings when I went to work they took naps I came home for dinner and when I went back to work for the 10 o'clock they were sleeping when my now 13 year old was five and going to school if she has gone eight to three and I'm gone 130 to 1030 I'm never going to see my kids. So I walked away and moved to Conway, Arkansas, where there is a university there, University of Central Arkansas, and they hired me on as PR marketing communication. Um, huge learning curve, uh, so much about higher ed that I didn't know, and uh, but learned a ton about marketing and PR. Um, had a great experience there, except um, it was about 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week. It was constant. When you work in higher education, there's an event every morning, an event every night, an event on the weekends. And I always say 2,500 faculty staff, 10,000 students, tens of thousands of alumni. And anytime any of them did anything, I'd get a call. So midnight, Saturday, 2 2 a.m. And it was crazy. And I still wasn't seeing my kids. And I left the biz to see my kids. So four years ago, I left UCA and started my own marketing PR communication firm, Munoz Pugh. Michelle Pugh was the rep on the advertising agency that UCAU. So I was the client. She was the rep. We worked together very well. We did a new logo, a new campaign. And so we have our own PR marketing firm. I've always done commercials that came from the theater world that I was in. And I always did them on the side. When I was in news, they couldn't air in Arkansas. Uh, now they can. Picked up more commercials um, I have a skincare business on the side with what I do. And then because my kids got into theater and dance, I now teach five dance classes a week at the dance studio and choreograph shows. We're opening Sound of Music next week.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. There is a lot to unpack there. So yeah. <laughs> um oh my gosh so first of all um let's have a little secret time and hope that none of the thousands of listeners will ever remember this but okay. I-, I love musicals um i i do Yay! Um, i'm
1: so happy to hear uh,
0: that. my my audience listening that's judging me right now get over it i uh I am...
1: musicals i love
0: them <laughs> here's the thing though and people classical like or what are you classically trained musical people i don't like those kind Okay. I'm more like into like the one most recently that I love that I watched. And again, I wish the audience wasn't listening right now. So maybe you can mute it for a minute or turn it down. Did you, did you see the new one? Oh, tick, tick, boom. Yes. Oh my God. I loved that. I I'm sorry. I loved it. Oh, so, so
1: and we love Andrew Garfield. And so oh my God,
0: I do too. It. I just watched yes. him recently in uh, the one about Tammy Faye Baker or whatever. Ooh, I uh, haven't
1: seen that yet.
0: Yes. It's anyway. Um, and I love like, La La Land and yes, The Greatest so Showman.
1: Yes, so good.
0: <laughs> in the Heights, the one about yep. the, oh my gosh. Good, Manuel
1: Miranda. So go
0: I I made my kids for Father's Day because they know I love musicals and they hate them. My wife included. Uh, I made <laughs> them watch that with me for Father's Day last year. To, I think it came around around Father's Day, the last year, or year before, in the Heights. And I made them watch it with me. And I got up to go, because it's a long movie. So I got up to go to the bathroom. I came back and they disappeared. Um, oh, denied! So they missed the end of it. So that's the big running joke. Every time I want to make them watch a movie, as soon as they can go to the bathroom, they all leave. My wife, my wife thinks it's super cute. They left and went and got ice cream while I finished the movie by myself in my fat pants. But it was, uh, anyway. That's my little secret there. So uh, musical theater. I did not know that about you. It makes sense because I did see you on the oh, one of those radio stations promoting the sound of music so yes uh,
1: and and actually gosh when i was 16 i was the hired choreographer for the university of south dakota like i was the only and i mean i was only 16 years old but i had taught since i was 12 i was the only choreographer in the area i did community theater and the university hired me i look back and i was kind of a prodigy i guess when it came to choreography because i was very good at it very naturally talented at it and I always said, if my dream had been Broadway, I might still be chasing my dream. But growing up in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, my dream was this Minneapolis theater, Chanhassen Dinner Theater, because we didn't go to New York. We went to Minneapolis every summer. Yeah. six hour drive. We go see a Twins baseball game. We go to Valley Fair Amusement Park and we go to Chanhassen Dinner Theater. So that was my dream. And then actually a friend of mine said, Do you want to go audition for community theater? We did cabaret. And. The choreographer of that show, Community Theater, was the choreographer of Chanhassen Infinity Theater. It's just that high level. The director of that show choreographed Purple Rain, Princess Purple Rain, who is in Minneapolis Wow. And yeah. is in the video thriller, I can point out which zombie he is at the end. And like, this is just community theater, in Minneapolis. It's just really high level. Oh, so meeting awesome. all these people. And then I think over 200 dancers auditioned for that show can can. And they took eight and I got in. I mean, I thought I had won the lottery. I thought this was it. I thought,
0: yeah, you did.
1: And yet I'm so glad uh, injuries were huge. The hip rotator were going off knees were going out because 300 oh, and wow. shows. that many kicks and i would watch my dancer friends either retire by age 25 30 lucky some of them go back to school some of them became flight attendants some of them and i wanted something where if i worked hard i could work my way up versus peaking at such a young age and the theater industry dance industry is just hard which now my kids want to do that i'm like great Could we pick something else
0: (laughs) right no i get it so okay which leads me, we talk about your family. Uh, so you went from from there into, you know, the broadcasting career. And so I got it. Okay. It's funny to me. I know you, we've become friends over the last little bit and I've yes. seen you at places. And it's interesting when I talk to you like this, and then when I see you doing like your is it natural state updates, yes. it's like today on natural state update, we're going to talk <laughs> about you had this really? totally different cadence and you had this like <laughs> singing songy, they teach you that. That's it's part you- of
1: the broadcasting. I mean, that's something we talked about. Loving TikTok. There is a reporter on TikTok that will do mundane mom things as a reporter. And it's hilarious because oh, it's bet. good evening. We're eating mac and cheese tonight, but it's that broadcaster voice. And I'm going sh- to share her with you because she's hilarious and she's yeah. be following because of how we talk and we are constantly doing that and it's just you enunciate you talk very clearly yes it's actually why tom broke up being from south dakota and us midwesterners because we don't have an accent we're kind of plain voice yeah. and so my friends up there say i have a southern accent my friends here say i have a northern accent but whatever and so yes it it sounds very broadcasty but then i also do commercials and that's kind of a different voice and i also do it, it is. The broadcast voice so it, yeah you have to fit the part
0: it's very funny to me to see that, you know, here the naturals it's just that singing that thing. It makes me laugh every time. I'm like, that's not how she talks. But I say that because we were talking earlier people that know my show now and supported me for a long time. Um, it's, it's led me to a lot of things that I never thought I'd be into. And some of those now being even TikTok videos and uh, videos that I do for trainings and virtual stuff. I end up doing the same thing. My wife makes fun of me because my voice will change. yep Yeah. And I was, she was like, oh, my God, we stop. Just be you. Nobody wants the fakey. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, now today. And I'm like,
1: Don't It's still do- you. You just have to be it's understood. We can't right. mumble. We can't. a lovely voice. lovely So it's still you. You just have to be much more understandable.
0: Okay. Did you ever do the the thing that you see on TV behind it and be like, you do all these like Voice things? Do you do all those things and like? I never really I don't know. You never did any of that kind of. We had we had
1: a reporter. It's so funny because he he was on Fox News and now he's on News Nation. But we used to make fun of Leland Vitter. Sat right across from me in the Channel Seven newsroom, and then he would me, my, me, (laughs) (laughs) my, before a live (laughs) shot.
0: Yeah, there's people. It's funny to see people do that. Now Uh, we
1: do that in theater, but in live theater, if you're not mic'd. You have to broadcast, broadcast loudly or or, um, present your voice. It's diaphragm breathing. It's a little bit different. And so there's reason to warm up all of that stuff, which I don't feel like we really need to do in broadcasting. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, here we go. Uh, It might be a stretch, but here we go. We're going to connect the dots here. One of the things I teach when I talk to um, producers, insurance producers, which you are connected to our community. um, Yes. She is a presenter, I guess you'd call it a presenter at the Arkansas Insurance Hall of Fame for I think two or three years running now. So,
1: yes, uh, you're
0: connected to us in that way in Arkansas. So, anyhow, one of the things I teach about is tonality when you're selling and, and tonality, tone of voice, the way you say things more than what you say. And so, someone who's in that world, and I just made fun of about that, you know, maybe you could uh, forgive me for making fun of you, but maybe talk a little about it. What is that, you know? Can you back me up on that and maybe tell the audience a little bit about what that means as far as I know you're not in sales, so to speak, but speaking to salespeople, what does that look like for you?
1: Yes. And I've actually really gone down this road in my skincare industry, which is Rodan and Fields, which yes, multi-level marketing, direct sales. People think those are scams. They're not. Uh, you have to have a product. Clearly we do. It's called skincare. And so this is what I use. And I had acne for years. It's the only thing that works. That's why I believe in it and sell it. And we talk and if so you
0: much. And if you watch this video, she's 104 and she looks great. Look yeah, at
1: exactly. Her. It, it works really well. <laughs> so, and she's my dogs. Hopefully they don't start barking. Um, But. Yes. What we, we really talk about is when people first get started and they're like, well, if you want to try this, just give it a shot. Maybe, okay. Tone presentation. No one is going to, know. that's Dexter and Tigo. No one's going to buy from you if you don't believe in what you do. And I mean, I, I mean, one of my first customers was 16 that was being made fun of for her acne. And when she got rid of it, she actually became this artist and all this confidence. And I mean, it's that storytelling confidence and belief. That's that tone out that you're talking about, that you have to do more than just say, oh, you might want to try this. I mean, it it comes to how you present. They're not going to give a darn about the product. They're going to give a darn about you. And so you have to be that person because what what sets you apart from everybody else selling insurance or selling skincare or selling whatever it is? You. That's it. And so anybody can do what you're doing. Anybody can sell what you're selling. So it, it really is about your tone. And for me, it's about your heart. I mean, if you're not into it or you're just uh, with a used car salesman type, you know, then forget it. That's not, you might get a sale, but that's not the longevity. That's not the long-term. That's not the relationship that I'm
0: always behind and always promoting.
1: I just lost you.
0: We do. uh, One of the things that we do is I I listen to a lot of uh, secret shopper calls and insurance. It's a lot of fun to listen to, but a lot of times I have to get on to some of these producers I work with and account managers, because the the biggest one I hear is when people call in about insurance and they'll say, uh, you, you you may have been one of these people too. My insurance rates went up and it's your fault. And I'm so mad. And they want to rate decrease all these things. And you getting on the other end, you've got to be able to handle that without, you know? And so I've had people I've listened to on these calls, like you're bitching about 15%. I can't believe that. Or I can't believe you're complaining about this. Milk just went up and gas is up. I'm like, you cannot handle it that way. You've got to be able to handle it with empathy. And you got to be able to go into that like late night DJ voice and kind of have that soothing. I hear what you're saying. I understand. It's a real big deal. You could handle that. Totally kill a deal if you don't have the right tone.
1: Absolutely. And the biggest thing that I can relate to this is when I was in TV news, um, oh my goodness, the people would complain about us, viewers. They don't like our hair. They don't like our makeup. They don't like what we wear. I got somebody that once said something about my big fake smile. I'm like, you cannot like my smile, but how am I faking? It's my smile. It's right how I look and so the funny thing was they would email the newsroom so we have this newsroom email well I got every single newsroom email of course they don't know that they don't think we're going to see it it's the anonymity and that's what social media has done with the whole being so angry they're they're keyboard warriors or whatever but they'll send these emails and I would always respond to every single one thank you so much for your feedback and then I would say something and oh my goodness it would take them down immediately well I didn't mean to be mean but yes you did No, no, no. Yes, you did. (laughs) You absolutely did. But the minute I just said, thank you. And I appreciate you watching. They would just come back so quickly. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't, I did it. uh, Okay. Yeah, you did. So it's just funny how quickly you can diffuse the situation by being kind and just being nice and not going to where their level is. They're going to meet you. if, If you can diffuse that situation by being nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, another thing that I hear a lot is like in, in claim situations, when someone calls in to an insurance agency and I mean, a lot of times we're dealing with people on their worst days, they just got in a car wreck, oh, yeah. their roofs blown off their house, whatever it might be. And if you, I've heard so many calls of like apathy, it's like, oh, my, my roof just blew up my house. Extreme example. My roof just blew up my house. I don't know what to do. That's great. Who's your company? Who are you yeah. with? <laughs> You know, and they're not listening, they're not paying attention. What's your policy number? Let me connect you to this eight hundred number. And it's like, whoa, hold on. Mm-mm. Let's back up. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so sorry. You're going through this right yes, now. I want to do definitely. everything I can to take care of you. Let me get down a little, few pieces of information. I'll connect you with somebody. But having a little empathy, or on the flip side of that, of like if you were to call in my agency, like I just got a brand new car, I can't wait to get insured. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. What did you get yes. instead of? That's great. What's the VIN number? What's the year? What's the model? What color Uh, is it? And like tonality makes such a difference. Even
1: in this industry right now, in the restaurant industry right now where service and everything is taking such a hit, like I'm so understanding. And if they just say, I'm so sorry, um, we're a little strapped tonight. It's only me and the bartender or whatever the case that happened to us recently. I was like, it's totally fine. She was so kind and just shared the situation and we gave her a great tip. Because it was even though it was slow, we knew why, and she kind of took us through everything. I mean, she was empathetic to us, and we were empathetic to her. So that that part part of the service industry goes so far.
0: It really, really does. Speaking of which, and while we're on this TikTok theme, there's a guy that I stumbled onto my for you page. Apparently, uh, FYP uh, <laughs> is a guy named Greatness. Have you heard of this guy? Mm-hmm. He goes to restaurants and leaves like. $10,000 tips wow. and like $100,000 tips and like, I love it. And like, when you see him, if you watch him, you find it. I think it's like the real greatness is his tech, TikTok name. He's all tatted up and like face tattoos. And he's like, I think he's a rapper, I think, or hip hop artist, whatever the term is. And the dude will just go in like, and you could see like the waitress come up and he'll just hand out his wad oh. of cash. Like I'll never see a wad of cash this big in my life. And he just, <laughs> it's crazy. And he's like, you deserve this. You're doing something that, you know, and it's just, it's unbelievable. So if you guys, uh, listening. I love that.
1: So my daughters are all, and this is the younger generation Have you heard of yeah. Mr. Beast and Mr. Beast is on YouTube. Yes. Millions of followers and they've built this money up where they do that. They play games. And you get ten thousand yeah. dollars and whatever. 12, My kids
0: months. watch that too, and I love it because it's safe, it's Christian. The guys exactly. got a good message, it's
1: good, clean, fun. They love it; they can watch. Yeah.
0: The other one is, um, oh, what is it? Um, uh, More J Stew. You heard of that one?
1: No. That's another of
0: group of Christian guys that do silly things, and they're a lot of fun. And well,
1: anyway. and that's what I've been so intrigued with, and I shared this this morning. One of the other things, many things that I do is I have a Bible study that goes through the entire Bible beginning to end. And I started it because I did it in 2010. I'm a journalist. So after I gave my life to Christ, I was an adult. I'd lost my dad to cancer. I was 25, gave my life to Christ, joined a Bible study. And I'm the one that said, you know, our faith is based on one book and I've never read it and that bothers me. So we read through the whole thing. This was in 2010. I had a one and a half year old at the time, two-year-old and, um, I then have taken a friend through it. And then I took some channel seven gals through it. And then when I moved up here, I took a different group. And then somebody said, are you going to do it again this year? And I said, no, I don't think anyone's interested. You know, wasn't listening. And when I was just obedient and listened, I put it on Facebook, 300 people signed up that year, 300 people signed up the next year. 2021 900 people signed up and then this year we've had 900 people sign up again. So I share all that to say I shared a TikTok in my email. I send out an email. It's all online and I sent it out this morning and I said I'm almost embarrassed to say I'm on TikTok. Now the only reason I joined was for marketing purposes because a lot of our clients were asking I need to, I need to know what this is and what it's about and how to use it for marketing purposes but that the, the algorithm is so focused on you that I was super worried about cuss words and inappropriate stuff because I have kids. But if you don't look at that stuff, you're not going to get served that stuff. And when I started looking at Christian, there's hashtag Christian, TikTok, hashtag Christian. That's basically all I get now because that's what I'm looking at. And it's fun, easy to explain stuff that might be in the Bible that might be kind of boring for my kids or hard to understand. But if I show them a 20 second TikTok or a minute TikTok, now it's cool. And so I have really used this Christian TikTok stuff. And there's a lot out there. I've been really, really impressed. That's not what I thought I was going to get when I got on TikTok.
0: <laughs> no, me either. And so that being said, you know, again, I told you when we got started, no scripting, no, no telling where this is going to go. Um, but so for me, as I told you, when we first started and my audience knows over the last two or three weeks, I've developed an obsession with TikTok. So yeah. I've released my first video and like, for me, and like, I didn't know what to expect and I, and I got, you know, several views on it and it got to be whatever. And I did another one, another one. And now I'm addicted. Um, <laughs> not in a bad sense, but
1: no, no, no. I've it's been trying addictive.
0: to study it and the analytics and how it works and what to do and how to control your pages better. So you being further along. I try to tell people now in the last two weeks like I'm some expert, but I'm like, no, everyone should be on on TikTok. And so if you're talking to a business owner, whether it's one of yours that you work with at Munoz Pew, very good, you got it. <laughs> or you know talking to my audience now or anybody, what are some tips that you would give for people if they're trying to grow their marketing, you know, or trying to get a following on TikTok? Can you okay. sell on TikTok?
1: Yes. And so it's been really funny and very much more recent. I just started doing little videos, little things. And then the dog you just met Dexter, we had an incident where the dogs were left out. One of them Dexter got out. The ring doorbell catches him on the camera. Dave at work. My husband starts talking to him through the camera.
0: I saw this video.
1: Hey, Dexter, stay Dexter. And it blows up, get over a million views. So that great, great, great. is what really, and so I can't give advice on that because that's just a total fluke thing. I mean, right. local TV station did a story on us, blah, 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 totally cute, totally fun story. But to me, once that happened, I got, I don't know, two or 3,000 followers, which I had like five because I had just started right. and went on. So that's why I went, OK, this is an opportunity. This is people that I didn't have before. I wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't going to do it once that happened. Yeah. Um, I really started going. And I'll be honest, if you follow my account, I don't do what the experts say you're supposed to do. You're supposed to niche down, Right. find your niche, find your topic, find what you do. I am still all over the place and all over the place works well on Facebook. So I do really well on Facebook, okay, on Instagram. And so I haven't really figured out where I want to go with that, but right now I'm promoting everything and I get an average of three or 400 looks views on each one. And that's fine for me. That's kind of all that I'm looking for and all that I need right now. If I ever wanted to really focus on it and niche down, I would, it's still kind of more for fun at this point. And then I get a lot of questions with Rodan and Fields and skincare. And that's really my biggest interest because that's mostly what I'm selling. With our marketing PR, we're kind of at the point where I don't know that I would take a new client right now. Like it's just going really, really well. And that takes more time and effort than selling a product. And so if I can share my skincare story and we have a serum that makes your lashes look really long, trying to show my lashes, lashes, so things like that do really well on a TikTok platform because it's visual, it's quick. You can see something like that. But then I get into that marketing side. Have you seen the Duolingo account? no. This little bird, it's a bird that is the icon. They have millions of followers and it is a business. And it's a great um, you know, case study on how a business can do it. Now, they're not on there saying, go buy my product, go learn how to speak a language. It's just the bird doing the latest trend or the latest dance or the latest. It is hilarious. <laughs> my kids love it. And so it's really a great lesson for businesses to kind of look don't get on there and just try to sell yourself because people are going to just go right by it. You've got to be creative. The visual works really well. And so before and afters work really well, um, that kind of stuff. But again, the most important thing, we talked about tonality before, authenticity. They want to see you. They want to see you be real. They don't want anybody to be fake. People will see right through it. And I kind of appreciate that because I don't want anybody fake in my real life, let alone on my feed.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that people... As I started doing this, and again, I'm no expert by any means. I've only been, you know, doing this whole thing for like two years or so and TikTok for like two weeks. But um, whenever this airs, I don't know. But I- I'll tell you, the biggest thing for me is I used to edit the crap out of all my videos before I would put them out. And now like, I just let them go. And like the podcast, you know, when it releases, the dog will be in the podcast. Like and, the yeah. video, if we yep. put on, po- I don't care. Like it shows that you're real, I'm real. Yep. What we're talking about is real. Like stuff happens. And we're in a virtual world now. This is pandemic thing. <laughs> and people just have to deal with it. And like, if you mess up, I think it makes it better. And and if you do mess up and you edit it, I think it's funny to even release like blooper clips. Yeah, we've done that that. too.
1: Even with clients, we've done a blooper. Now, if I'm going to create a spot, 30 seconds for TV, it's going to be clean and it's going to be- Yeah, different ballgame. If I'm going to produce something for TikTok, it you know, so he's just knowing that platform and knowing, and it's so funny how one TikTok video, even the dog one, million views or something like that, on Facebook got like 150. I mean, it's so funny. And then sometimes I'll put something on, Facebook and it just blows up and nothing on TikTok. So it really is about the platform. And then there always is the algorithm, you guys. So you might do something that you think is great. This is why you can never spend a lot of time on a video because you might think it's great. The algorithm could just be against you in that moment. It has nothing to do with the content. It's just not going to get looked at. They're saying right now, if you really want to create a big base, you need to do seven to 10 videos a day.
0: Holy smokes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And and again, great quality.
0: Right. But here's the thing. Yeah, you don't have time for great quality. You don't have time for editing. You don't have time for all that. And so lately, all mine just been part of my interview. So there may be a clip from this on there. Maybe the dog. Who knows? But I think that... You know, one of the things I have learned in doing that is, yeah, uh, you know, first of all, the way minehole started was I did a podcast several weeks ago and we were talking about TikTok. Neither one of me or my guest had done a video before. and We were talking about how people now, when they go look up how-tos, they don't go on YouTube. They yes, go on TikTok.
1: I actually did watch that. I saw that. And I am one of those people. If I see a seven-minute video, I'm trying to get the oil change alert off my car <laughs> and it won't go away. I don't want to look at a seven-minute video. And so, so I, I found the yeah. 30 second one that showed me how to do it.
0: Bingo. Yep. So again, I think whether you're in insurance, real estate, skincare, whatever, if you could capture their attention for a, a minute and say everything you need to say in a minute, maybe even two, I think you're going to be money. I think it's a great way. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be great quality. It just has to be something that's engaging and it's got to yep. be a quick engagement. You don't <laughs> have time to say, this is Christina Munoz and I'm here today <laughs> to talk to you. No, skip all that. And go straight into the content.
1: Well, this is what we learned back when I still was in news. And even then the industry was changing so much because when YouTube first started, um, people were going to this platform to watch videos and it had nothing to do with the quality. If it was a cool explosion, millions of people would watch it because it was a cool explosion not because it was a really good camera with a tripod and so that's what kind of made news go you still want quality because yes it is news but this is what made us do you mentioned natural state update so this is my newest latest project that i'm working on um we just feel like quality of news has gone down with regard to journalism and i feel for them i am not cutting them down, I am completely empathetic because I think it is nearly impossible for a 22-year-old, 23-year-old out of college to get an assignment of some kind of story they've never heard of to go interview somebody for about 10 minutes and then put it together in a minute and a half story and actually be accurate. I think it's asking too much. I'm not saying that they're bad people. It's just gotten too hard because now we also, because of these, we demand news 24-7. Where when we first started, you got five, six, and 10, and that's it. So you could really focus on the quality, get everything right before putting anything out there that doesn't happen anymore today. So we are pulling some of the people that we hope and believe are still trusted in Arkansas, Jason Peterson, Scott Inman, and Jansen, because we don't have to earn the trust. We already have it. And we are passionate about good storytelling, not necessarily good news. So all the good news entities, they're they're well-intentioned. But with the invention of the internet, we can see what people are clicking on. And guess what people are clicking on? Death and destruction.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. And it brings up, you know, again, tying it back into insurance town for a minute. It brings me to a point of, have you ever heard of Marcus Sheridan? Yes. And so if you're doing TikTok videos, similar to finding a news story, if you're trying to look for content to put on your TikTok, your Instagram, your whatever, then you could use this this technique or find out what you think is important to your clients. Maybe by researching your past emails or your phone calls or whatever, and put out content based around those things. And so again, if it is telematics, maybe you put together a funny video, maybe a serious video, maybe an informational video around telematics and put it out for a week or two and see if you can get some traction from that. Or if it's yes. a new carrier that you brought into your agency, like, you know, maybe you talk about that or maybe if it's, you know, a new niche that you're writing or something, I think you should be able to get on TikTok, get on YouTube or Reels or whatever it is. And talk, right. I don't know. I'm so uncool. I don't know what all of them are called, IG, whatever. You can get on and you can create content around. People get so scared about, what do I do? What do I say? I think just like researching a news story, do some research, figure out what people are talking about around your field. I mean, right now we're talking insurance. So yep, insurance touches everything. And that's one of the things I love about it. I've been in it so long. You can't buy a car, a house own a business, anything without insurance. So again, the the opportunities are endless on content you could have. They
1: are. And I mean, really, really think about this. So for any salesperson prior to this generation, you had to pick up the phone. You had to go talk to somebody. You had to go do something to find someone to say, I have a great product or whatever service or whatever it is. These are now platforms where people are going to anyway. They're literally coming to you. Like This should be a salesperson's dream because- that's never happened. And in, in, in all of sales history, that's never been a thing. So to not take advantage of it is just kind of being silly. And somebody said the other day, when I said seven to 10 videos is what is it they're actually promoting right now to get in good with the algorithm. They were, oh my goodness, that's so much. They said, no, 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 no. Content happens all day long. Now, if you're going to niche down, you want to create it to whatever your niche is. But if you pick up a phone and call somebody about insurance, do some funny video of you on the phone. I mean, like it could be seven seconds long for a long time. Seven second videos were the ones that were most pushed. Now I think yeah. it's twenty second videos. So find out what, what that is. Click on the most popular music. That's a great way to get into whatever page is being pushed right there. Just pick some popular music, put it in the background. That took me a total of two minutes.
0: <laughs> right. And like, any, like If you record enough video, uh, like right now, I could take this 45 minute podcast, however long it ends up being, and probably cut 20 pieces of content out of this one podcast.
1: Absolutely. You Easy. know,
0: if you got on camera and just started talking for a good minute and a half, you could probably cut two videos out of it, or maybe more, you know. So and,
1: and the reason I think that's so hard for our to wrap our minds around is because we're not used to that. To do a 30-second video for TV or whatever, it was a day of shooting, a production company. I mean, all of this. doesn't exist anymore because of these lovely things. And so it really is a change that we are not used
0: to. Yeah. So as we, as we are going to wrap up a minute, I I do want to, okay, I want to change gears for just a minute and have you, if you don't mind put on the Munoz pew hat for a minute. Sure. If you could give a little advice, I know you're not taking any new clients, but advice (laughs) to any insurance agents out there listening, or even carriers listening, underwriters, whoever might be We'll talk agents for a minute first, I guess. If you want to give them advice on. We're at a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen. And I wanted to talk to you about my good friends over at Agency Performance Partners. Uh, they, they just love working with agents. They want to help them become ridiculously amazing by helping growing agencies like you uh, that are listening to this show or the agencies that you work with to become ridiculously amazing and solve the industry's biggest challenges. And one of those challenges is uh, your staff's too busy. Uh, They're too busy to answer the phone. They're too busy to get to those quotes on their desk. They're too busy to get back to people in a timely fashion. And it's causing a a bottleneck in your agency, or it's causing some issues and hiccups. They just released a brand new course that I was able to be a part of called Time Management, Apex Time Management 3.0. Go check that out. Uh, you can do it uh, live. You can do it virtually or you can do it through their uh, their school, so to speak. Uh, it's called the Agency Performance Pack. Go to agencyperformancepartners.com. Check that out. You're going to be so happy you did. Tell them the maker sent you. See if that does anything for you. <laughs> also, my friends over at Cover Desk, let me tell you real quickly, they are the best at uh, training and working with and getting you ready to work with virtual assistants They train them uh, before they even bring them to you on the insurance industry and what we do as an industry. They know the systems. They know how to do certain things. You can get one or you can get a whole team of virtual assistants to help you out, whether you're doing a major project or you just need some administrative tasks taken off your plate. Go to CoverDesk.com. Tell Andy that I sent you. You'll be so proud that you did. Now let's get back to the show. You know, how to best market themselves right now. What's the, what's the thing, What what's the best thing for them to do? What's the best piece of advice you could give them?
1: So, I mean, this is kind of funny because this, I'm just giving an example of what we do and then I'll kind of morph that into more what you can do because, you know, we are a, a, an agency still and we can do all the big normal, traditional agency stuff. We don't typically recommend print. TV, if you have a lot of money, but if not, we don't really, or billboards, they're just kind of old school. We still will do them if they want them. But when it comes to all the digital platforms, something that we have really um, enjoyed and gotten into, and really anybody can do these, you can find these services, is live Facebook videos. And the reason is, so I have a client here in Conway that's a great example, that it's Float Spa Conway. This is floating in the pod, sensory deprivation Uh, Didn't know anything about it before I did this. I think it's the coolest thing. You literally float. It's the only way to take away all sensory, uh, including gravity, um, so that you can actually actually relax. It's really great for mental health. It's great for athletes, great for unwinding all these different things. We are just doing a couple of live videos every month. I also do PR side of it. So getting on the news and that kind of thing. But she wanted a slow growth because this was new to her so now you've got oxygen tanks you've got all these other things if something breaks you don't want a ton of people all at once she wanted a slow growth and what we've been able to do is we'll do a live video maybe i'll interview her maybe i'll interview a client maybe i'll interview somebody and then we're talking 50 bucks we're talking a very small amount when you compare it to tv advertising and that kind of stuff we do it live because the algorithm is most friendly to live you get a notification when somebody is live and you don't always get a notification on other things And then even if it doesn't get a good organic reach, you put just, you know, 20, 30, 50 bucks behind it. And it is going directly to people. The thing with TV back in the day, we could never say who was actually watching it. We can say this TV station was on this channel at that time. We don't know if somebody wasn't walking by or went to the bathroom or we have no idea who's watching it with, with the algorithm nowadays, you can pick your person, your age, Whether they vote Republican or Democrat, whether they're a soccer mom, whether I mean, it is so targeted. And that's something we did not have years ago. Like if you're not in marketing and advertising, I don't think you realize how huge that is, because you don't need to spend a ton of money, you can actually target it. And then you can see how many people saw it. And almost immediately, I can see the phone calls and the messages that come in. And every time we do one, someone's like, oh, tell me more about that, because it's something new and different in their feed. So I just I would still say take advantage of Facebook and advertising. And yes, I hate that Zuckerberg is making all this money off of us. But that's the point. Like he created this. And they want to make money. I remember Facebook when it was literally the thing that you got in your feed was exactly what was happening at that time. That's how it started. There was no algorithm. Well, to make money, you need the algorithm to send people the ads and to know that you have to know who they are and where they are and how they are. And I'm not against it because I'm in advertising. I think it's it's brilliant. So sure, he makes money every time I promote something, but good for him. He created a platform that we spend money on and I'm fine with that.
0: So you would say that Facebook is still a viable option for people
1: for that audience. I'm talking adults, um, 40 and up parents, moms, and dads. That's kind of more we're looking at because 18 year olds can use it. Um, but But they're not. Yeah. So we're looking at that older audience because yes, grandma is on Facebook. And so a lot of the young ones got off because grandma's on Facebook. And so they went to Snapchat and things, but they're not spending the money as much. They're not making the decision who's buying their parents.
0: So if I wanted to touch, you know, someone from 25 to 45, um, if I'm a 35 year old, 32 year old, whatever uh, business owner, wh- where do you, what would you tell them? Where so would you-, you,
1: you mentioned it briefly, but truthfully right now, just because of algorithms and this will change in two weeks, probably, but reels on Instagram is huge. And the reason is. When you do a reel, it goes to everybody on Instagram and not just your followers. Okay. That's a huge difference. And they were, this was really big for the last year or two when TikTok was threatening to go away because of the Russian influence, whatever. China, China, not Russia, not on this one. China. Um, Then reels came out to be in competition of that. And they really, really were pushing. Anybody who created a reel, especially you got to have good hashtags. This goes back to hashtags. That's how people are going to see you. So make sure you have good hashtags. Make sure they relate to your content. Um, Anybody can see that reel. And so you can have 20,000 likes or views on a reel and only have 200 followers, that kind of thing. So that's huge. And you want to niche down again, if you are only in Arkansas, make sure that you're, you know, say that. So you're not getting views from outside of there and that kind of thing. But that to me is more that age group, kind of that 25 to 40, who they're really looking at Reels. They're looking at TikTok too, but it's a little bit easier to be seen on Reels because Reels is pushing it so hard right now to compete with TikTok.
0: There you go. One of the things I read, I don't know if you've heard this or not, I found it fascinating. I was reading, again, with my TikTok obsession. I was reading about the TikTok algorithm and trying to figure it out a little bit. One of the things I didn't realize was they have, the, I guess, these bots in the background And they're really following like the words that you say and like the transcription of what you're saying. They want to hear consistency. And so if your channel, which, again, you mentioned yours is all over the place. But for someone that wanted to really target, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, like for me, I wanted to target insurance agents and try to grow my consulting career uh, and, you know, just help the insurance industry as a whole. Most of my words that I use and things like that are going to be consistent. If you're trying to reach the general public in Cabot, Arkansas, or in Detroit, Michigan, or wherever you're at, you're going to use a similar language. And so your videos are going to reach. But again, I think it does take some intentionality there. And I think it does take a a strategic, like mission and vision statement to be able to stay on brand. And I guess, you know, is that one of the things you could probably talk about staying on brand and how? Oh,
1: yes. Oh, that is so, so, so important for anybody, whether you're doing billboard or TV or print or digital. Um, branding 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 I mean about 10 years ago that became the hot word you know everybody said they got to stay on brand got to stay on brand and what does that mean I mean you want to be consistent but think about it if you really think about the algorithm which is a robot I mean we're talking about a robot basically it's it's going to be really hard to send Joe Schmo videos that you think they'll like if you don't know what he is into And so you're not going to have a pleasant experience because your videos are going to be all over the place. So when you know what Joe Schmo is into, and if it's insurance, then it's so much easier to send stuff that's going to be appealing to that person. And now that person has a positive experience. So it makes sense if you think about it. And so if you think in those terms and always keep your brand and your things, like I said, I don't do this on TikTok, but if you always keep everything in that house of whatever that is, and, and they'll tell you in all these trainings and different things that you do, write it down. Yeah. You know, you start with your circle, you start with what you are and who you are, and then you branch out from there. And if you're doing too much out here, come back in, come back in, do a little more here. It's those brainstorming sessions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. A hundred percent. So, and I appreciate that because I really do, again, we're just like this podcast. We're kind of all over the place, which is good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's fun to be able to have someone outside of our industry come in and hang out with us in insurance town. And so uh, I want to end with a, a couple of questions. I have for you. I've never done this before, but since we share this passion, what? Okay, tell me your top three best musicals of all time. Musicals.
1: Musicals. Okay, so I have to laugh about Hamilton, and Hamilton would definitely be one of mine because. So when I left the industry, when I left musical theater, I left, and so we're talking about seventeen years. Where I didn't watch the Tonys, I didn't know what was on Broadway. Yeah, completely in the dark. And so all these new musicals would come out, and cool things would come out. Well, Hamilton would came out during that time, and I was like, eh, I, I don't like rap and I don't like hip hop. Like, why would I listen to it? Like, it's right. not a history it. buff. Like, <laughs> not my thing." So, eh, then I go to UCA, and it was so hilarious. The athletic director, and then one of the main, he was the fundraiser, but he was totally into sports. These two sports guys. No, every word to every song, sing it all the time, talk about it all the time. And I'm like, I'm the musical theater geek and I don't know anything about this. You guys are the sports guys and you can't stop talking about Hamilton. Okay, fine. I have got to get in this. At the same time, one of my daughter's dance routines was to a song in Hamilton. And that led us to like that song. And then we listened to another song. And then one of our folks to South Dakota, it's a, a 12 hour drive to my home and we go about twice a year. We listened to the whole thing beginning to end and I'm crying at the end and I thought it was fantastic. Now, of course, we saw it on TV and then we saw it live when it was in Little Rock. So definitely one of my all-time favorites. Outside of that, um, Avita. Like that's my thats my dream role someday. I want to be Avita. Like it was written for me, I swear. <laughs> Argentinian, not Chilean, but still. <laughs> right. <laughs> Close enough, okay Okay. gone everywhere to that. And then old school Back when Les Miz, of course, was huge, Miss Saigon, Miss Saigon was one of the best yeah. shows I've ever seen. My sister and I would sing all the songs, and I recently got to see the lead in Miss Saigon when she was 18, it was Lea Salonga, and she came to Pulaski Tech. They yeah. have an entertainment series, and I got to see her live. And it's just like that's the coolest thing because I grew up listening to her on Miss Saigon. So those would be my
0: three. There you go. <laughs> You know, for me, and again, I'm not a, a savant in anything, but I I, I, can't, I keep going back to even the movie, but the musical of Rocky Horror Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's the feed. Okay, we're supposed to
1: do this. I think this fall, it was in 2020 and got canceled for the theater I come to. So you have to come up to Conway and okay. see Rocky Horror Picture Show when we do it. I don't know if oh, do it's spring, but it's coming.
0: I will. Uh, okay. I, I have to have West Side Story just because.
1: Wait, I almost said I that. One like of my favorites. I
0: like it. Um and so and then Rent I, I really like Rent but yes uh, but as far as like now the TV ones like the ones I'm into now like I mentioned some of them but um I really liked La La Land I really liked Tick Tick yes. Boom I really liked uh, I, I was really a Grease fan Oh you Grease one or Grease. Grease two Are you Grease one Oh, Oh don't
1: even start Grease one all the way Todd Jacobian and I got into a huge debate. When I okay. was in Channel 7, he likes Grease 2, and he tried to get people on his side, but Grease 1 by a landslide. Because you either like one or hate the other. You can't like both.
0: <laughs> I hear you. Well, I, I, it's just, there's a thing there. So I, I, I've got to go with the Grease. Um, were, you the, a, were you a Mulan Rouge person?
1: Love Mulan Rouge. Just introduced that one to my 13-year-old. And then, maybe because she, she watched Star Wars, so to see Obi-Wan singing like that was yeah phenomenal and then greatest showman you mentioned like the whole family including my husband we can watch that show at any given time he loves it
0: (laughs) the greatest showman is amazing it's so good (laughs) love it man I absolutely love it I really want to
1: go to New York City and see because Hugh Jackman is a music man right now and so yeah
0: really he is so talented it's ridiculous I'm talking about Marvel and him doing the X Men. Wolverine, Indiana. we watch
1: Wolverine. Yes, he's on stage. He sings. He dances. He's amazing. Dude, it's
0: crazy <laughs> that he's that freaking good. He's so good. It's unreal. So anyway, I, I say all that, you know, because you know, I wanted to end on something a little bit fun. But yeah, yes. that to me, um, you know, so much fun. And then you know, the last one that I would throw in there. I don't know if you you may or may not have seen it recently, but old school, before I was even born, called All That Jazz. Oh yes love so that too. all so. that
1: jazz that's i'm pretty sure that's choreographed by bob fosse Okay. Bob Fosse did um, all that jazz cabaret. Um, Fosse has a little bit different technique. And the same guy that did Prince's purple rain um, studied under Bob Fosse. So I'm one degree away from this brilliant choreographer. So that's Look a really big deal to me. <laughs> that's
0: a, that's a, that's, that's a big deal for sure. So that is awesome. Um, so understanding that you may not be able to take on any new clients, but is there any way that people wanted to contact you or reach out to you, email yeah. you, find you, whatever.
1: Of course, so, I mean, back, I still, Use Christina Munoz. That's what I used when I was on air. That is my mother's name because I was already married. But my boss in um, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota said, Ethnic is in, go ethnic, use your mom's maiden name. And I loved it. And I couldn't use my maiden name at the time because I was in theater and I had agency contracts. Um, with agencies that would send you on auditions and and do that whole world. So Christina Munoz is still my Facebook page. I have my personal Facebook page, which you can only have 5,000 followers. And so I'm constantly deleting friends. Then I have my public page, which is Christina Munoz. And then Natural State Update is the digital platform where we're doing news, all the old school anchors. And then I'm on LinkedIn, Christina Munoz Madsen. I'm on Instagram, Christina Munoz Madsen. On TikTok, I am the real Christina Munoz because everything was taken and right. so all of those ways you can find me you can message. do you have a me. check
0: mark on twitter
1: i do not my daughters keep saying that i think we tried on one of them and there has to be evidence that someone tried impersonating you so okay, maybe i'll go no, do that, that for you <laughs> try to pretend you're me and then i can maybe pre- get a check mark
0: <laughs> i will do that for you
1: i can be verified so-
0: yes um so anyway uh, i think that's awesome i i I really appreciate you hanging out uh coming on the show with me again we've talked about it several times and we finally able to do it this lady you are a woman of many talents um you've done so many things you are involved in a lot of things there's so many more things i wanted to talk to you about but i didn't get to (laughs) and so i'll do it again um so it's it's nuts but yes. so i
1: also i sing in a band and we are I saw family. the
0: guitars back there. Yes.
1: Um, yes. I taught my husband guitar when we met and now my girls play as well. But uh, Just Cause, it's Just Cause Conway. And we played in a church group for a long time. And then we got asked okay. to play at an event and we said, sure. And from that event, somebody asked us to play. And then that event, somebody asked us to play. So we didn't mean to become a band, but we did. And we come from church. So we feel like we have a Just Cause, but why do we play? Just Cause. So we've been that's out fine. since COVID. And finally getting together, not this week, but next week. And so we like to play like Toad Suck Bucks. Have you ever been to Toad Suck Bucks? Oh, yeah. County? And they let us play whenever we can or whenever we have time. And so it's just such a fun That's been my therapy just to sing, sing my heart out. Cause you know, I hadn't done that in years. And so that's just another fun thing. Um, well, you
0: are so talented. It's ridiculous. So, okay. So, okay. I'm going to end on this. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Okay. Uh, if I have to, I'll just cut you off if I need to. But, <laughs> Because I know you'll be able to talk about this. So uh, a big thing that it's a you know passion of mine, something I care about a lot is uh, family and being able to balance. I hate the whole work-life balance things. I don't I don't, I don't like the terminology, but yep. talking in that realm. I know that was a big deal to you. It's a big deal to me, it's a big deal to the insurance industry and anybody that puts in those 60, 80 hour week because they feel like they have to, to keep up. What advice could you give some of those people how to get out of that, provide more fun, tell them what to do. Just
1: Yes. Okay. And I'm super passionate about this. And I always say the elusive work-life balance. I don't think it exists. I think sometimes we're good at work and sometimes we're good at parenting and it's just really nearly impossible to do both. So I got to a point, I have shared this publicly before, That I was at UCA and I was working my tail off and so crazy, not sleeping, always feeling guilty when I'm with my kids because I wasn't seeing them enough and wasn't being around them. I know a ton of moms right now are saying amen. And I was driving in my car and I literally had that moment that I wanted a car to hit me, not to kill me, to send me to the hospital so I could have a break. And I knew I'm going to cry. I knew in that moment something needed to change. That is ridiculous. And if anybody out there has ever felt that way, I hear you, but it's time for a change. And I mean, it took me a long time to set up my own business. It didn't happen overnight, but I put in the extra time. I put in the work. Um, Truthfully, I met with other people, like maybe I'll become a banker. Maybe I'll, I mean, like I've met with Tons of different things because I wanted to do my side gigs. I didn't have time to do my side gigs with such a demanding job. So I wanted to figure out something else that I could do. Uh, Shout out to my husband. He was a stay at home dad for seven years who went back to work. He did the coding academy at UCA, does the website stuff, e banking now at Centennial Bank because we needed health insurance basically. And so for him to step out, go back to work, um, I feel like God has given me a keen awareness of. We may not be here tomorrow. Uh, Lost my dad, you know, when I was 25, had a huge impact on me. I remember him worrying so much about his own retirement. And I am not saying go blow your retirement. I'm saying there's a balance that we have got to live today. And I go, my Sydney is 13. She'll be gone in five years. Like that's nothing when you look at time. And so there are things that we do sometimes I go, yeah, we maybe shouldn't afford that. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And I do it anyway. Like that might sound totally crazy financially, Um, But we do okay. We're fine. We figure it out. And I have to enjoy the moment. I have to go on the trip. I have to go on the whatever it was. We took them skiing for the first time this past March because they'd never been skiing. And it was awesome. The memories we created. I am constantly about making a memory, something silly, something funny. We go to Taco Bell every Monday night because it's across the street from our music lessons. And people are like, you go to Taco Bell every Monday. But we have so much fun. Like, it's just a memory that we create every single week. It's those little things. Now, I may not have gotten my work done that day and I may put them to bed at nine, 930 and then work till midnight, but I'm not missing out on them. That's what I had to do to figure out that quote unquote balance to get everything done. Because if I'm editing a video, I don't need to do that from eight to five. I can do that after they're sleeping or when they're at school or whatever it is that they're doing. So that is what I did. I pick them up every day from school. Three o'clock, we get in the car, we talk, we go to the dance studio, we do our lessons that's what I care about right now. People always go, would you ever go back into broadcasting? And I always say, never say never. First of all, I think it'd be really hard to work for a boss again after not working for a boss. But um, i say maybe, maybe when they're gone, I could do anything when they're not here. But right now is just this 18 years of time. And I want to pour everything I have into being a mom and being there for them. I get the job done. I get everything done. I schedule around them, but they come first, period.
0: Yeah. I think you nailed it right there. And People talk about in our industry a lot of put the family on the counter first and then book everything else around that. And that's one of the things that I've tried to really hold, hold strong to is every other week I'm in town and then every other week I'm out of town traveling somewhere, but I make sure that every other week I'm in town. So I'm here with my family. I'm cooking for them. I'm hanging out with them, playing games, goofing off, doing silly dad things, but I have to. Otherwise... I would allow my schedule to own me and run me instead of me running my schedule. Well,
1: and I think we're similar in that we're workaholics. Like I'm okay with working all the time. I love work. I work. It's what mm -hmm. I do. I have to be like you. I have to be very intentional to spend the time with the family so that I don't Uh, I'm so glad
0: you said that because people think workaholic is such a negative, and it is a negative term, but it's also, you have self-awareness. People say yes, because I'm the same way. And there's so many times my wife, people listen to the show, they know her and they love her. She'll be like, shut up. You know, stop talking work. I'm done with work talk. Can we talk about life? Can we talk about us? Can we talk about real things? You know, when we, she has to how my day, I always go right into work stuff. She's like, I don't care about that. How How are you? Right. How is Heath? Not the, the insurance guy. Not I the think podcast. it's hard
1: for us to separate because it we are alcoholics. it's so ingrained in us and what this, we do. And we wake up thinking about it. We go to bed, barely stop thinking yeah,
0: about it. This could be two two separate episodes altogether, um, but <laughs> it, it. It, it really is. So this will probably end up on TikTok because I want people to hear this because it's very important to me that people understand you can be a workaholic and a family person, same time. You just have to make it work. However, it works yeah, for you. Yeah, you
1: have to find what works for you. And what I found is when I have to say, girls, hold on, I got to take care of this. I feel way less guilty when I wasn't working 10 hours and get home and say, hold on, I got to take care of this. That's what I was doing. And so now if I say, hold on, I got to do this. I'm doing that for this much instead of first all day and then doing that instead of that. That's what I needed to do. That's my mental health. That's my self-care. That's what I needed. Everyone's a little bit different. That is what I needed to do because I didn't want right. to work in hours and then still tell them to be quiet. I'm working.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I love it. I'm going to have to have you because I could have waited in for another two hours. So, um,
1: this is what I do.
0: <laughs> me too. Now, isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> So, uh, guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. Otherwise, just go in the vault and you and I will just have this. So we enjoyed having this conversation. Um, and then people ask me one day, I'm like, yes, I have a recorded version. I actually talked to Christina Munoz, the one and only Christina Munoz. Moon- anyway, I appreciate you. I, I respect you. I, I love you. I-, I think you're the best. And I-, I thank you for enriching my show, my life. I'm going to start crying now, so I'm
1: Aww, I appreciate thank you. Thank you, and I wasn't going to be able to be at the Insurance Hall of Fame this year because I was supposed to be in Vegas for the Rodana Fields Convention, Well, we decided not to go. The tickets, like flights, are so crazy right now. We said, let's all get together here and have our own party. So now I get to be at the Insurance Hall of Fame. They asked me to. Yes. And so any of you that will be there, come say hi and say you saw this.
0: Yes, please do. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. I hope that the content that Christina and I brought to you helped you become a better insurance professional. That is my goal with every one of these episodes. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Thank you for suggesting that I have her on and for noticing when I got into TikTok that there was somebody in my backyard that had a viral video Someone that I was friends with have a viral video. And I wanted to reach out to Christina, have her on the show. She did a great job. I'm so glad. She and I have been trying to get her on the show for a while. And uh, you just helped me to do that. So thank you for pushing me. I really appreciate it. You know who you are. Um, continue to reach out to me, Heath, at insurancetownpodcast.com. Guys, if you have an idea for your own show, go to getreadysetpodcast.com. Uh, You record, they do the rest. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.